This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. Welcome to the program today. This is Don Boyd. I want to welcome you to Opening the Scriptures. You know, the denominational sinner's prayer reads something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you into my heart and life. I want to trust you as Savior and follow you as Lord in the fellowship of your church. Well, we know that the sinner's prayer is not found anywhere in the scriptures But that's not what I want to discuss today. Did you notice to whom the prayer was addressed? It says, Dear Lord Jesus. You know, there are many in the religious world and even some in the Lord's church who believe that it is scriptural to pray to Jesus. And that brings the question that I want to try to answer today Does the Bible authorize praying to Jesus? Now to start with, I want to look at Jesus and prayer. To whom did Jesus pray? Well, the Bible records for us 26 instances of prayer in the life of Jesus. Now, not many of these prayers have words recorded, but in the ones that are, Jesus prayed only to the Father. He never prayed to himself. Let's look at several of these. Let's start in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Matthew 11:25 and 26 and this is just after Jesus had cursed or placed a curse there on the city of Capernaum. Verse 25 says and at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemeth good in thy sight. We go to Luke chapter 10, verse 21. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. Says in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. In John chapter 11, verse 41, John chapter 11, verse 41, and this is at the cave where Lazarus's dead body was laying, we read this. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up in eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And verse 42, And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by I said it, 
that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now in John 17, in Jesus' intercessory prayer to the Father, six times Jesus addressed God the Father. John 17, verse 1, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. In verse 5, Jesus said, And now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. In verse 11, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 21 that they may all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world, And then verse 25, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. So each time Jesus addressed the Father in this prayer. Now let's go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 And we're going to see Jesus pouring his heart out to the Father three times. The first is verse 39, Matthew 26, 39. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Then verse 42, and he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And then verse 44 says, he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. So he addressed the Father. Now let's go to Luke 23, verse 34. Luke 23, verse 34. And this is while Jesus is on the cross. So then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Then in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. We'll notice in these passages that Jesus never prayed to himself. He never prayed to the Holy Spirit. He always and only prayed to the Father. 
So the example Jesus set for us is to always pray to the Father. Now, let's ask a second question. To whom did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? Well, let's go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. <clears throat> Matthew, chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus told them here, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. <clears throat> now look at chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Jesus, again speaking to his disciples, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus told his disciples to pray to the Father. Now look at Matthew 6, 14 and 15 and look at the result of such prayer. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now look at Matthew chapter 7, <clears throat> verse 11. Matthew seven eleven. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Praying again to the Father. <clears throat> Look at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 said, It came to pass that as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, heaven as it is in earth. So, Jesus taught his disciples to pray to the Father. And Jesus instructed his disciples that prayer was to be offered to the Father in Jesus' own name. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 14, <clears throat> verses 13 and 14. John, chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. So it's in the name of Jesus. Now notice John chapter 15, verse 16. 
He says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And then look at chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. And this is speaking of the day of, Jesus is speaking of the day of his resurrection. John 16, 23 and 24. He says, and in that day, after Jesus' resurrection, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye ask the Father, or shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So, and in verse 26, And at that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray to the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. So he says there in that day, Jesus says, in that day you will ask the Father and you will ask in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm not going to be praying unto you. I'm praying to the Father for you. You're going to be praying to the Father yourself. So that's what he's saying there in that passage. Well, so Jesus never taught us to pray to him. He never taught us to pray to the Holy Spirit. And it would be absurd to pray to Jesus in his name. Well, now let's ask another question. To whom did the early church pray? To whom did the early church pray? Go to Acts chapter 4. And look at verses 24 to 30. Acts chapter 4, verses 24 to 30. And this is whenever Peter and John had been released from prison. Verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all in them, all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. So right there we see that they are not praying to Jesus because they're praying to the Lord, the Father here. But the heathen were gathered together against the Lord, that being the Father, and his Christ, that being Jesus. Verse 27, for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together 
for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. So the early church prayed to the Father. Now in this prayer to the Father, they referred both to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus, but they weren't praying to either one. So prayer to Jesus or to the Holy Spirit is unauthorized. Now, let's look and see to whom did the inspired writers teach us to pray? Let's go first to Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says there, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. In other words, praying in His name, but giving thanks to God the Father. In Ephesians chapter 3, <clears throat> look at verse 14. Ephesians three fourteen. Jesus, or excuse me, Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul prayed to the Father. In Romans chapter 8, look at verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself should really read himself. The American Standard Version does make that, may put it that way. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So again, we do not pray to Jesus and we do not pray to the Holy Spirit. Well, let's look at some passages that are used to try to defend praying to Jesus. Let's go to John 14, 14. And look at this one. John chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 14. Now, this verse, as given in some modern versions, has Jesus saying, ask me, in connection with prayer, and thus appears to be a proof text for praying to Jesus. Now, let's look first of all at John 14, 14 out of the King James Version. It says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we're praying in the name of Jesus. The New International Version, the NIV, puts that verse this way. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. 
So right there, people can use that or try to use that as a proof text for praying to Jesus, but that's not what Jesus said. Pray in my name. The New American Standard Bible says this, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Well, the word me is found in certain Greek manuscripts and ancient versions, but this doubtful reading has been rejected by most uh, translations, including the King James Version, the American Standard Version, the New King James Version, and even the Revised Standard Version in the New English Bible. It has historically been regarded as an unwarranted insertion and the inclusion of the word results in the absurdity of praying to Jesus in Jesus' name, where Jesus had already said to ask of the Father. Again, John chapter 15, verse 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And then John 16, 23 and 24. John 16, 23 and 24, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name, Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. All right, now let's go to Acts chapter 1. This is another passage used to defend praying to Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. It says, And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. Of course, they're looking here at selecting the uh, another apostle to take the place of Judas. Verse 25, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. All right, so here... They assume, those who try to defend this as they're praying to Jesus, they assume that Lord here in this prayer must be Jesus. But we've already seen over in Acts chapter 4 where they prayed to the Lord and we saw that Jesus is mentioned in the passage, his only child Jesus and Christ and the Holy Spirit and all mentioned there, but they were praying to the Father and they called him Lord. So Acts 1, 24 and 25 does not prove that we can pray to Jesus. It may show just the opposite of that. But anyway, before selecting the original apostles, Jesus prayed to the Father. Luke 6, 12 and 13. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. So he prayed to the Father all night. So the word Lord 
it does often refer to Jesus, but it also refers to the Father, such as the prayer in Acts 4. Therefore, Acts 1, 24, and 25 does not prove praying to Jesus. Now let's look at Acts 9, 13 to 17. Acts chapter 9, verses 13 to 17. This is sometimes thought to be a prayer of Ananias to Jesus. Acts 9, 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things of this man, how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And, verse 17, Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, hast sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, now, verse 10, as we read there, it says, He said to the Lord in a vision, so this proves this is not a prayer. This is a vision in which there was two-way conversation. You know, he says there, and there's a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias to whom he said, the, whom said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, behold, I'm here. So this is a two-way conversation. This is not a prayer. prayer praying to Jesus is not taught in this verse. Now let's go to Acts 22. Acts 22 verses 17 to 21 and this is sometimes thought to be a prayer of Paul to Jesus. Acts 22:17. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem even while I prayed in the temple I was in a trance and I saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. <clears throat> and I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Verse 21. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Now, verses 17 to 19, he was in a prayer, right in the temple, and notice he was in a trance. So that proves that this is not a prayer, but a trance, again, in which there was two-way conversation because he was speaking to Jesus, and Jesus was speaking to him. You see, Paul was praying, then he fell into a trance, and then he saw Jesus. So this passage does not teach praying to Jesus. 
Now we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 8 and 9 and this may be the most often used text to defend the practice of praying to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. It says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Well, the argument goes like this. One, since Paul prayed to the Lord, Two, since he was answered, promising my grace and power strength to Paul. Three, since Paul said it was the power of Christ that would rest upon him. Four, the Lord to whom he prayed must have been Christ. But you look at the Greek text, it actually says that power is perfected in weakness which Paul identified as the power of Christ. Therefore, the Father promised to Paul the power of Christ. So that passage does not authorize praying to Jesus. Now let's look at 1 Timothy 1.12 as another passage used to defend that. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Now this has been used as an implication that we might pray to Jesus since he is our mediator between God and men. 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Well, the passage does not mean that we speak to Jesus and then ask him to speak to God because our mediator, our intercessor, our advocate, and our high priest said, pray to the Father. In the model prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, and Jesus there, you might remember, said, I will not pray for you. You're going to be praying to the Father yourself. Well, you know, kind of an example, the Old Covenant also had a mediator, a high priest. You know, Moses was a mediator there. Aaron was the high priest at that time. But the Jews did not pray to either one of them. We do not have a right to pray to our mediator any more than they could pray to theirs. Also look at Acts chapter 7 verse 59. Acts chapter 7 verse 59. This is also used much of the time as evidence that we may pray to Jesus. It says, they stoned Stephen, calling upon God. And you'll notice that that's, that's in italics. So let's just leave that out. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Well, here we have a special circumstance. 
Stephen had received the laying on of the hands of the apostles. We find that in Acts chapter 6, verse 6, or 5 and 6. It says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set forth before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Well, Stephen, we'll notice, was full of power, of faith and power, and did many wonders and miracles among the people. That is Acts chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. He was filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 7, verse 55 says, but he, that being Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly in, or up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. So he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He looked up into heaven. He saw Jesus there. And the only way this would teach prayer to Jesus is if the same circumstance happened to us. We would have to look up into heaven. You know, if Jesus was to make a personal appearance to us as he did to Stephen, then we can do as Stephen did. That's not going to happen until the end of time. So, you know, prayer like any other spiritual activity is subject to divine authority we must offer our prayers according to what the word of God reveals not according to our own desires because you see the Bible never authorizes us to pray to Jesus it never authorizes us to pray to the Holy Spirit Jesus always prayed to the Father. Jesus taught his father followers to pray to the Father through Jesus' own name. The early church prayed only to the Father. The New Testament writers taught us that prayer was to be only through to the Father through Jesus with the Holy Spirit interceding. So that brings me up to another part of the lesson that I want to get into. And that is that we need to pay close attention to, we need to be careful about the songs that we sing. Now you think about the song, Just a Little Talk with Jesus. You know, it goes, now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our sorrows. He'll hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. If you feel a little prayerful yearning as your heart into heaven is turning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. That, that song is totally unscriptural because the Bible never, never authorizes us to pray to Jesus. Therefore, if we sing that song, we are teaching and admonishing one another with false doctrine. You know, and there in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, 
verse 16. It says of our singing there, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And if we sing the song, just a little talk with Jesus, then we are teaching and admonishing one another in false doctrine. Because the Bible does not authorize praying to Jesus. And that's exactly what that song teaches. And we need to realize that a lot of the songs, and sometimes maybe even most of the songs in our songbooks, were written by people who were not members of the church. They were the denominationalists, and they don't always obey the scriptures. We know that because they're in the denominational world. You know, another song, <clears throat> and a lot of times we just sing these songs and don't really pay attention to what we're saying is tell it to Jesus alone. That song goes like this. Are you weary? Are you heavy, are heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Verse 2. Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Have you sins that to man's eyes are hidden? Tell it to Jesus alone. Verse 3. Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious what will be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus alone. And then the chorus. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You have no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Now the question arises, how would we tell anything to Jesus? Well, the answer would have to be through prayer. This song is implying prayer to Jesus. And again, whenever we sing this song, we are teaching and admonishing one another to do something that is unscriptural. So we need to be careful. There's another song I wanted to look at as well. This one's kind of tricky. It's Sing and Be Happy. You know, you look at the song, there's really nothing wrong with it unless you are singing a special or a certain part down in the chorus. Now let's look at the song and then let's look at the chorus. If the skies above you are gray and you're feeling so blue, if your cares and burdens seem great all the whole day through, there's a silver lining that shines in the heavenly land. Look by faith and see it, my friend. Trust in his promises grand. Often we are troubled and tired, sick with sorrow and pain. Oft we fail to see the rainbow up. No, excuse me. There are others living in sin, blessed with earthly gain. Take new courage. We cannot tell what the morrow may bring. When the dark clouds vanish away, then your heart truly can sing. Verse 3. Oft we fail to see the rainbow up in heaven's fair sky, when it seems the fortunes of earth frown and pass us by. There are things we know that are worth more than silver and gold. 
If we hope and trust him each day, we shall have pleasure untold. Absolutely nothing wrong with that part of the song. But now let's look at the chorus. We'll look at the part that the song leader would lead first. Sing and be happy. Press on to the goal. Trust him who leads you. He will keep your soul. Let all be faithful. Look to him and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song. Sing and be happy today. Again, nothing wrong with that part of the song. But now let's look at the lower line there, and I don't know a whole lot about music, but these are those who are singing there up on the second line there above everything. Like I said, I don't know anything about music, but it says, sing and you'll be happy today. Press along to the goal. Trust in him who leadeth the way. He is keeping your soul. Let all the world know where you belong. Look to Jesus and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song. Sing and be happy today. See, that part of that song is unscriptural. We do not look to Jesus and pray. We look to the Father and pray. And there are many other songs, and I'm not going to get into all those today, but we need to be careful what we sing. Not only about these songs that either imply or directly state praying to Jesus, but there are those that, you know, imply about the signs of the second coming of Jesus. You know, Troublesome Times is one of those, and many other songs. You know, we need to look at the words of the songs and if we cannot give a scriptural lesson about the words of a song, we should not be singing it because it is not a scriptural song. And like I say in this song, Sing and Be Happy, there is nothing wrong with the 98% of the song until it says, look to Jesus and pray. Because as we mentioned before, we don't pray to Jesus. Jesus taught his disciples to pray to the Father. Jesus prayed to the Father. He never prayed to himself. He never told his disciples to pray to him. The early church prayed to the Father, not to the Holy Spirit, not to Jesus. The inspired writers taught us to pray to the Father, not to the Holy Spirit, not to Jesus. And those who try to defend praying to Jesus do not do what the scriptures say. They try to use passages that either refer to the Father or they are a vision, they are a trance, and things such as that. So, brethren, the New Testament writers taught us, whether that be the words of Jesus himself or of the inspired writers or of the example that they gave, we're to pray to the Father. We're to pray to the Father through the name of Jesus Christ. And only in that way will our prayers be heard. Jesus isn't listening as the Father is. 
Again, we pray through the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is there, you know, acting on our part as well. We don't pray to either one. And we need to pay attention to the songs that we are singing and make sure that they are scriptural because we do not want to teach and admonish false doctrine in our singing. So again, this is Don Boyd. I want to thank you for tuning in to be with us today, and we look forward to being with you next time. When you're in Moody, Missouri, you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ, located on Highway E in Moody, Missouri. The congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship. They also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Way Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you can also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.